0: I find it interesting today that Nathan spoke and was talking about music and song, because this sermon today, this message that I have, was born out of a song. I listen to a lot of music, and it inspires me a great deal. An artist that inspires me a great deal is Matthew West. He has a song called Forgiveness, and when I first heard that song, it really touched my heart, it touched my soul, it touched me deep inside, because... Being an alcoholic, a past alcoholic myself, I can relate to some of the suffering that was going on and what happened and a lot of the stories I've heard from previous rooms and stuff like that. Um, I am going to talk about that song today. I'm going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. I'm going to break that song down. And Nathan is going to finish us with that song so you can hear it. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is part of the reason that Jesus came down here. He came down to forgive our sins. He came down. I guess you could say it was his mission statement, was to forgive our sins. A lot of scripture talks about forgiveness and why we need to be forgiven. The Greek word for forgiveness is aphesis. Something I picked up along my travels and studying was this uh, website where you could go and get to conversions for whatever the words were. This is a definition from Wikipedia. that says, Forgiveness is an intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense, letting go of negative emotions such as vengeful, vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. That's not always easy to do, is it? When somebody's hurt us, when somebody's pained us, uh, even sometimes when we feel like a victim, that's not always easy to do. All right, this is from the Mayo Clinic. Generally, forgiveness is a decision to let go of resentment and thoughts of revenge. The act that hurt or offended you might always remain a part of your life. But forgiveness can lessen its grip on you and help you focus on other, more positive parts of your life. Forgiveness can even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who hurts you. Now, these are not necessarily words of God. But if you listen through these words... This is what Jesus teaches us. He teaches us empathy. He teaches us understanding, compassion. And Jesus also tells us that we have to forgive. When somebody hurts us, when somebody harms us, we need to forgive. Letting grow of grudges and bitterness can make way for happiness, health, and peace. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety, stress, and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, strong inhumane system, improved heart health, and higher self-esteem. A little later on, we're going to talk about some of the ways the Bible teaches us to forgive, and maybe compare it to a little bit of this, but see the difference in what Jesus teaches us about forgiveness, according to what the world can teach us about forgiveness, or what psychology can teach us about forgiveness. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with psychology, or anything like that. But if you really take a look at what's in psychology and what's been discovered, go to the Bible, you can really see a lot of it probably came from the Word of Christ. If you're unforgiving, anybody ever remember the old commercials where you had Coke and 7-Up? Uh, and, uh, seven 7-Up seven was a young cola. Wow. Being unforgiving uh, brings anger and bitterness into every relationship and new experience become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present if you're living in the past if you're living in where somebody hurt you something happened you grew up in a family system where maybe you didn't get everything you needed where you felt left alone you felt lonely etc and stuff like that if you live in that situation all the time and you keep putting yourself in that situation or you keep going to places that remind you of that situation all the time it's hard to get yourself out of there It's hard to step out of that. You have to look today, to the present, to today. Look what's going on in today and remember that if you are saved by grace, you are a new creation in Christ. You could become depressed or anxious, feel that your life lacks meaning or purpose, or that you're at odds with your spiritual beliefs. Knowing who Christ is and walking with him, your life has complete purpose. You may not know that purpose all the time, It may not be given to you, but the Holy Spirit will guide you along in that purpose. Forgiveness is a commitment to a process of change. To begin, you might consider the value of forgiveness and its importance in your life at a given time. Reflect on the facts of the situation, how you've reacted, and how this combination has affected your life, health, and well-being. Actively choose to forgive the person who's offending you. That's not always easy to do. One of the things I was thinking about the other morning when I thought about what's an easy way to think about forgiveness or what's an easy way to forgive. If we all had kids, we understand what it looks like to see that smile on our kid's face or what that child can do to us with a look. I look back at my daughters and my inherited daughters and when I look back, my daughters had this thing where they could just look at me with their blue eyes and look up and no matter what they were doing, if they were doing something I told them not to do or no, they would look up at me and my heart would melt and I felt love. Love is the beginning of forgiveness. Loving and accepting somebody is the for- beginning of forgiveness. My daughter Michelle would look up at me with her blue eyes and just say, you got to love me. My daughter Malia would look at me with her eyes and she would just like, ah, eh, whatever. That was the way she, that was what, that was, that was what I read from her. I look at my daughter, Heather, and she's got this cutest thing that she does. With her eyes, she'll look at you and say, but I'm so cute. And Tiffany, Tiffany will look at you with her brown eyes and say, yeah, you'll get over it. So, you know, it's, it's a way that I use, an easy way that I use, to help me to remember that forgiveness begins with love. Move away from the role as victim and release the control and power the offending person and situation had in your life. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. We want to hold on to that pain because it's our badge. It's what we get our, go through our life with to say, well, you know, I, I went through this and I went through that. That's why I am, I am the way I am today. And it's an excuse to stay in that pain. It's an excuse to stay maybe in that addiction or into that negative place. What we have to do is remove ourselves from that victim. And let God take control. Because when we're in control of our lives, we can mess it up. Consider the situation from another person's point of view. Ask yourself why he, she would behave in such a way. Perhaps you would have reacted similarly if you had faced the same situation. Reflect on times you've hurt others and on those who have forgiven you. I think that's a real important one. To realize and look at what offenses have you caused and it's probably the most important one that that teaches us in the Bible an awful lot, is we need to forgive over and over again. We need to forgive those who have hurt us. You'll see some scripture later on where we're actually told that we must forgive somebody when they come and they ask us for forgiveness. Write in a journal, pray, or talk with a person you've found to be wise and compassionate, such as a spiritual leader, a mental health provider, or an impartial loved one or friend. Be aware that forgiveness is a process, and even small hurts may need to be revisited and forgiven over and over again. Again, as I go through this and talk about some scripture, you'll see where this clinical part is related to what's in some of the scripture. This comes from C.S. Lewis. To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable, because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. I think that's a really powerful statement for us as Christians. God has forgiven us. He's forgiven everything that has happened to us, where we've been, what we've done. We need to make sure we pass that on to other people. We do this with Jesus and his teachings. Jesus died on the cross so he could forgive our sins. His scripture, his word, is a guideline for us to live our lives it's a guideline for for us to forgive for compassion for love uh, Derek could you play that uh, slide now
1: past few years I've been on this journey of writing songs inspired by the real life stories that people sent to me this one story in particular has had a profound impact on me it hit me kinda hard it's about a woman who did the impossible and it made me ask myself if I could do the same Renee had four kids two of her daughters were twins Megan was coming home from the beach one night with her best friend when their car was struck by a drunk driver named Eric, a 24-year-old kid. Megan lost her life. Eric killed both girls that were in the car. Renee lost her daughter in an instant. Next thing she knows, she finds herself in a courtroom watching this young man, this 24-year-old man, get sentenced to 22 years in prison. Renee wrote to me and said, I now have a mission that I never would have chosen. What she meant by that is that in the years that followed, she began to travel around to schools and churches and different functions, and she would speak about the dangers of drunk driving. But as the years progressed, she felt like something was missing from her presentations. And that's when God put it on her heart that she had not forgiven this man who took the life of her daughter. And so she reached out and did the impossible. She reached out to Eric in prison and said, I forgive you. The ripple effects of that act of forgiveness are still being felt today. That young man's life was absolutely changed because this woman forgave him. He said, I can't even forgive myself, and she forgave me. One by one, all of Renee's family members followed her lead, and they reached out and expressed forgiveness to Eric. So much so that now they describe Eric as part of their family, like a son to Renee. The story doesn't stop there, though. Renee went to the courts along with her family and she was able to have Eric's sentence cut in half from 22 years to 11 years. This blew me away. The reason she did it is so that Eric could have a second chance at life and so that he could join her in their presentations. She told me that now she shares not only about the dangers of drunk driving but also about the power of forgiveness.
0: Now, the story behind this song is from someone right here in our area. We're going to let her tell the story. She won't know you're here. Are you comfortable with hiding?
1: I'm comfortable with hiding, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous right <laughs> Me now. Me too, my she has, no
0: idea. she has no idea I'm here. Yeah, no, she doesn't.
1: She doesn't even, and this is the thing, she um, she has no idea that that there's been a song written inspired by her story. I'm in another room waiting to go in there and surprise Renee. I can see her on a video screen. She has no idea I'm um,
0: in the room right next. And you submitted the story, I know, to, uh, to Matthew West. It's a story that needs to be told. Yeah. Because not for me, it's not about me, it's about God. And yeah. it's about forgiveness. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to chance this. And I sent it in and I just prayed, you know, God, if this is supposed to happen, then I just, you know, <laughs> hope that it will. You know, we know Matthew and uh, he wrote a song about your story. No way. Matthew <laughs> has sent us the song. Because he wanted you to be one of the first people to hear it.
1: <laughs> oh my God! Are you ready to hear it? Yes.
0: It's called Forgiveness. It's
1: called Forgiveness. and this is written for me and Eric. First of all, I'm blown away.
0: Have you ever you ever seen him in concert or no? And I wanted to see him. I he was you know I tried to go see him when he was in West Palm because I thought that I would have a presentation down there and right. I thought during and the then story of course, your life you know, tour? Yeah, yes. Uh, no, actually, I don't know if it was that he, he he tried. You know, he's like. Right. Um, they sent out a thing. If you're gonna be in any of these cities and they were all too far away and then when he was right. at the uh, thing yeah. in Orlando, I thought, well, I'm gonna, you know, go see him, you know, then and right. I had to go present So you so. never could make the connection. Never with him could personally. never could. You never seen him? No. Turn around <laughs>
1: Where are you? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
0: by you, but the first time I saw that video, it moved my heart. And it moves my heart every time I hear it, and every time I listen to it. Matthew West started in the beginning that he was on a journey to write songs about letters that he got from people, real life people. A lot of his music is that, and that's why I enjoy it a great deal, because I can relate to it. I can relate to this song because I know the Lord saved my sorry butt. I know he purified me He changed me. He prepared me for something different. He prepared me for a mission for him. And not about myself. A lot of times unforgiveness is about selfishness. It's about our ability to stay in the past. It's about our ability to hold on to the pain. It's about our ability to make it about us. And it's not about us. We're put on this earth to carry God's word. To carry his spirit and to live for him and to bring others to Christ. So forgiveness is a beginning of walking that journey with the Lord. Matthew six fourteen and 15. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Galatians. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone... Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I think we always need to remember where it started. It started with Jesus on that cross. It started with him being into this world to forgive us. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who has sinned against me? Jesus, up to seven times, Jesus answered, I will tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Again, this is confirmation from Scripture that we need to repeat this process and we need to do it over and over again. Because today I can forgive somebody, but I can be reminded of that pain that I've been through and I can forget about that forgiveness and I can go back to that pain. So we need to keep doing it. And Luke tells us. Luke, Luke was, wrote a lot different than the other apostles did. He always had a different spin on things. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I must repent, you must forgive them. This isn't saying you have a choice to forgive them. This is saying that if you are a Christian, you must forgive them. This is one, probably one of the last conversations that the Lord had with the disciples. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat this. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Again, confirmation of why Jesus was here. And again, confirmation for us why we need to forgive. It was interesting, when I did a little research and I put into the word forgiveness into this tool that I used, a couple words that came up forgiveness was deliverance, remission, liberty, and freedom, used in different contexts and, and uh, uh, different uh, forms of the Bible. This one I found real interesting, Luke 22, 47 through 51. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? Without even waiting for an answer or confirmation, somebody did. Somebody struck and cut off one of the servants of the high priest's ear. Well, imagine yourself being Jesus in this situation. If we look back and step back to Scripture, we knew Jesus had some frustration with his apostles because they fell asleep, and he could not always grasp what he was saying. Now, if you look at this Scripture and you think about, this had to happen. Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross and that he had to die, that he had to be arrested. So when we hear Jesus answer here, no more of this, I can read or I hear some frustration into that because of what I had just said. Maybe his apostles weren't aware of what was going on. And of course, you love somebody, you're going to strike out and you're going to try and protect them. But this needed to happen. This had to happen. He said no more of this. He touched a man's ear and healed him. That's a lot of forgiveness from Jesus. Can you imagine being that servant and knowing that You've been ordered to take this man probably to his death. That everybody opposes him, and this man that everybody opposes just touched your ear, healed your ear from someone who walked with you. Can you imagine what that servant, or what that what that servant felt, what that soldier felt like? It's I can't. Only he can. But imagine that. All right. This is a story behind forgiveness. The song "Forgiveness" by Matthew West. I'm going to break that down a little bit. It's the hardest thing to give away, and the last thing on your mind today. It goes to those who don't deserve. Sometimes we—it's the hardest thing to do, as I, I said earlier. It's hard to give away because we want to hold on to our past. We want to hold on to our judgment. We think we have all the answers. And a lot of times it's the last thing on your mind today because of that. It goes to those who don't deserve. Who are we to judge who deserves and who's entitled to God's forgiveness? We really don't have the right to do that because if we look back at what we were told from Luke and Matthew, we have to forgive. We are commanded to forgive. Jesus died on the cross to forgive. At the Last Supper, he told his disciples, drink from this blood. It's for the forgiveness of sin of all mankind. It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain is just too real. It takes everything sometimes just to say the word. But just to say that word and to start there is a beginning. It's a beginning to do what Jesus asks us to do. Forgiveness moves away the pain inside, the mad inside. It is anger's own worst enemy. Anger could be of the evil one. Anger is something that we can hold on to to stop us and to keep us from walking and knowing who Christ is. From doing what we need to do to move on to the next step. From forgiving. So when the jury and the judge say you've got a right to hold a grudge, when society tells us that we have a right to hold somebody responsible, it's a whisper in your ear saying set it free. That whisper in my ear And in your ear, I hope, is the Holy Spirit telling you to forgive, to let go, to give somebody freedom, to give them deliverance, to give them that liberty, to give them some remission. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unreachable. Help me now to do the impossible. Because it is impossible sometimes to forgive. And what Matthew West is saying, and what I believe he's praying to the Lord is, Teach me how to do this. Show me how to do this, because I cannot do it on my own. And I know I can't do it on my own. When I get to that place where I'm painful, when I'm hurt sometimes, I need to talk to somebody else. I need to talk to a Christian. Well, one of the first things I need to make sure I do is pray to the Lord and ask for help with any of this. It clears bitterness away. It even set a prisoner free. When I did a little bit of study on... um, follow-up on this uh, story behind forgiveness one of the things that the napper family renee and her family were looking for from eric throughout the court session throughout that time for testimony and all that was to see some remorse from him throughout the time of the trial he did not show any remorse at the end of the trial he reached out to renee and the family He wrote him a letter of forgiveness and told him that he was sorry. He also told him that his attorney told him he should not show any remorse. It would get him a worse sentence. The interesting thing was, more I read, and talked, they talked about what the judge made a statement and the jury made a statement. They convicted him for part of the reason was because he showed no remorse. He showed no sorrow. The judge gave him every minute or every detail of sentence, the worst sentence he could, 22 years for killing those two girls, 11 years on each count, because he showed no remorse. He knew God himself. He knew he should have some remorse and he should have some sorrow for this. But society, the attorney told him, you're going to get a worse sentence if you show remorse. If you show remorse, you're saying you're guilty. You're saying you did this on purpose. He listened to society. He didn't listen to his heart. He didn't listen to what the Lord told him. Now, we don't know for sure what would have happened with the judge and with the jury if he had shown remorse. But what we do know is, and what Renee did say, is her family was ready to beg that judge to give him a less sentence. Because they had already forgiven. They knew that they had to forgive. I just find it interesting that if we live by the world, or if we live by God, what different consequences can be. I just thought that was really interesting. There's no end to what his power can do, as we can see in the story of this song, and as we can see probably in some of our lives, when we've forgiven others or when we've been forgiven, we know we've been forgiven by the Lord. How's it changed your life? I know how it's changed mine. So let it go and be amazed by what your eyes can see, by what you see through the eyes of grace, by what you see through the Lord. The prisoner that it really frees is you. You can hold on to all this pain from your past. You can be mad at somebody for something they did to you or you were wronged. But you know what? Most of the time that person don't even know you're mad at them if you're angry. And you want that person to know, you want to hold that person responsible most of the time, they have no clue that you're that angry or you're upset at them. So the prisoner that it sets free is you. Show me how to love the unlovable. Show me how to reach the unpreachable, unreachable. Help me to do the impossible. I want to finally set it free. Show me how to see what your mercy sees. Again, referring to what God sees. Help me to give you what you gave to me. How to forgive. I know for me, it's a process. I need to pray. I need to ask for God's help. I need to enter into that relationship with Jesus. Because again, like I said, I cannot do it by myself. Give them or yourself to Jesus. Love them or yourself as Jesus does. Love them yourself as Jesus does. I repeated that twice. I don't know why I did that. Oh, well. Um, You'll see a lot of slides here. This is really the first time I've ever put a slide presentation away. And I may got carried away a little bit of the slides, but it felt right at the time. It has to be upward, inward, and outward. We need to reach. I know I need to reach to the Lord. I need to ask for his help. I need to ask for his forgiveness. I need to take it inside and let it feel in my heart. So when I go to somebody or when I pray with somebody, And when I ask for forgiveness, or when I give forgiveness away, that it comes from my heart. That it's not coming from something that I just should do. Because I'm told I should forgive. I want to do it because it's what Jesus told me I needed to do. And then we give it outward. Faith, hope, and love is a decision to look beyond your present troubles, letting go of the past, and living in the present. As you've heard me talk, a lot of what I'm talking about is letting go of the past letting go of the pain, and living in the present. I've come from a background where I can go into a room every time and say I have a problem or I have an issue. I have a hard time stepping into those rooms nowadays, and I don't want to put them down, but I have a hard time stepping into those rooms as a Christian when I know God has saved me, when I know he's made me a new creation, when I know that when I gave my life to him, my life changed. Who I was changed. I was cleansed. I was cleaned. Corinthians thirteen thirteen tells us and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love and I refer back to when I talked about my kids and you know when they were ready to knock that something off the shelf or something you know and they give you those blue eyes or they give you that look you love that child because he's your child that's the same way God loves us each and every single one of us but it starts with love it starts with love it begins with love. Life through the Spirit, Romans 8, 1 and 5. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation means there's no blame, it means we can't hold somebody responsible. Those who live according to the flesh, which flesh is referred to as sin, have their mindset on what the flesh sin desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set in what the Spirit delivers. Now, if we're going to live according to the flesh, we're going to live according to the enemy. We're going to live according to what brings us away from Jesus. If we live by the Spirit, we're going to live by the Spirit and be closer to Jesus and carry out what he wants us to do, and that's forgiveness. The enemy would rather have us stay in our muck and our murray and stay down there and be down that low and reach out at everybody in anger and resentment. Instead of showing what love is. Instead of living and modeling what the love of Christ is. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. And the new is here. That speaks to me a great deal. I once was, but I am now. Jesus Christ changed me from the moment I asked him to change me. I look back at my earlier days, way back when I asked him for help with my addiction. He started helping me right from then and there. It took a while for me to have a personal relationship with who Christ was and to meet him. But I believe I had to go through all that. I believe I needed to learn that way because Jesus knew my heart. He knew how I grew up. He knew what my fears were. He knew what my religious background was. He knew what I was taught when I was young. He knew he had to reach me in a different way. And he, re- he did. He reached me that different way. Um, to have the walk that I have today, I could never imagine having it. But I'm a new person with God. I'm a new creation. My past needs to be put in the back. It needs to be forgotten. I'm not going to say it needs to be forgotten because... My past can help other people help other people. It can teach them the glory of how I got to God. Maybe what not to do and what they should do. So the old is gone and the new is here. As I said, this song really touches my heart because it tells me two things, more than two things. I have to forgive and I have to do it with God. I cannot do it alone. You know, back in a previous life I wanted to do everything by myself my stubbornness, my independence. I can't be alone. I need the Lord in my life. Hopefully, um, the Spirit has reached you today. I just want to pray before we all leave today. Dear Lord, I thank you for having the presence to be up here. Lord, more importantly, Lord, if there's anybody here, Lord, who needs forgiveness, I ask that you touch their heart, you touch their soul. You help them on the journey, Lord, to reach to you and ask for that forgiveness. Help him to feel and know what it feels like to have that forgiveness. Thank you, Lord.